Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And, again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. You turn with me, and uh, the name of this in the series that I've done, uh, First the Falling Away. And we begin to talk about, and we're going to go uh, start back into where we started in, in Second uh, Thessalonians. So if you'll turn back there with me, we will start there, and we will go from there and try to see what God has, uh, has said and what God's going to do. I think most of which, as I, as I talked about last week, and I probably need to reiterate just a moment because some of you weren't here, was when I was in Washington, D.C., and I was sitting there, and they were praising and worshiping the Lord God. The Lord took me in a vision, and I, in a vision, I saw a nuclear, uh, a nuclear explosion. Uh, I saw it there right over, right over Washington, D.C., and of course the devastation that comes with it, and, and I told the people, I, I, you know, I've, I've known, and I don't think it's anything, that's any big thing. I think anybody that, that it leans toward prophetic anything figures that Washington, D.C., either by vision, dream, or, Whatever, I've just never had a vision that, that actually showed me that, but I, but I saw that. And I told the people, I said, you know, the best thing to do is to probably uh, do the same thing I'm telling people to do all over the, all over the coastal areas, is sail and get out and, and move inland. Uh, there will be other places that are going to be nuked, but I said, uh, I, for sure that place is going to go up, amen? So anyway, I, I, I saw that, and it wasn't anything uh, uh, nice to see. Uh, the announcements, uh, quickly, we're going to be in uh, uh, having our, uh, let's see, that is April, the first weekend in April. It's going to be uh, the end time, uh, end time anointing, or anointing for the last days. However, we're going we're to deem that. But anyway, uh, we want to announce that. Make sure to tell your, your uh, friends to, uh, uh, to be sure to, to register. We've got some people that's going to come in from uh, Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. And so we're excited that uh, some of them will be with us. Uh, a second, uh, wait a minute, I said Thessalonians, what in the world am I doing? How did I, how did I, how'd that come up? Uh, second Thessalonians, not Second Timothy. Second Thessalonians. The first three verses there. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that day of, of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, comma, and that man of sin be revealed, comma, the son of perdition. Now, there has been many, 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 many uh, generations of ministers that have talked about the falling away and what that means. And... I'm not here tonight to go through all that, um, or the, on the other uh, hours that I've done on this uh, series. What I want to do is I want to talk about the fact of why there's going to be a falling away, and what I have consistently said for a number of years. The church, and we're, we're at the very brink of that point right now, is at a point where they're not real sure what to do. And the reason they're not sure what to do is because of prophets like me, 
that are traveling the nation, this world, and we're demonstrating the power of God with great enthusiasm, and we are seeing God do some terrific, terrific things, and we're presenting the church with some new facts. And they're not new facts, but they're new to them because the church has never gotten it put together. And you know, as I, as I ministered, and I, I watched the, uh, you can watch people's faces, and I, I get such a kick out of uh, uh, saying things and, and looking to see how the people, you know, are, are receiving it. And, and when I just simply said to them, I said, uh, if God brings everything and does do nothing except He first bring it through to His prophets, which He says that that's the way He does out of the book of Amos, then I said, the fact of it is, then who decided what prophet said that we no longer have, have Passover? What prophet said that? And they all looked at me, and I said, there wasn't a prophet that said that. I said, as a matter of fact, and of course I go into the thing about Easter, and I go into the thing about Christmas, and I go into these things, and, and, and the same thing was with the Sabbath. Who changed the Sabbath? Who decided to do that? It wasn't a prophet. A prophet didn't stand up and say, thus saith the mouth of God that now we're going to do this instead of that. No, no, that didn't happen. So the fact of it is, the falling away is going to come from the great dissatisfaction that's come to the church. This bird flu, uh, the, the catastrophes that we have, that I have prophesied for years, for 30 years, that are coming to pass, one thing after another after another, is part of what is going to bring a great, dissat- uh, great, uh, if you will, unrest into the church. The church isn't all that stable within themselves now as to what they truly believe when we talk about the rapture or anything else. Now, 20 years ago, they would go out in a parking lot and physically fight with you about the rapture. That, that, that's not. There's a few of those still around. The thing that I've always said about the rapture is there's one sure thing about it. We're going to settle that in this generation. We're going to get it settled. My deepest, deepest concern for those that believe in the rapture is that they'll take the mark of the beast and end up burning for eternity because of the fact that they think they're going to be raptured out so that can't be the mark. And, and, and you can't, there's no way to gainsay that because how else are you going to look at that? Well, now they're going to come to them and, you know, I have said, uh, gee, I don't know how many years ago that came about the, about the implants and all that. Well, that's happening now and they're experimenting with it now. It's going to happen now in the next year or two. Or, uh, that's going to be, ta- it's going to be taking place. And, and I say to the church, what are you going to do? I'm saying to the believers, what are you going to do? I'm saying to the people that bless God that know there's not a rapture, what are you going to do? You're going to have to learn to live on the other side. And the other side is just is the miraculous. You're going to have to learn to live there. You're going to have to learn to live there every day. And if you're not willing to live there every day, then I'm going to tell you something. There, there, there is definitely going to be, there's definitely going to be some big time problems. That's uh, in your life anyway. Revelation, the book of Revelation, the sixth chapter. You know, when you begin to when you begin to look at what God is is doing, and 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 you know, I I always got such a kick out of these Bible school guys, the guys that have been to Bible school, the theologians. They everything was taught to them, and and very little of what they have learned has been through fasting and prayer. It's been through somebody saying, "This is the way it is. It's cut and dried, and this is just this is the way we do it." And again, I say that's fine if it's right, okay? But the argument, of course, and, 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 and the battle over the book of Revelation within itself. I'll never forget when I first started ministering, the Lord spoke to me and He said, don't you use any uh, uh, reference and don't try to minister out of the book of Revelation until I 
tell you to. And I'm going to tell you how many years that was. I think it was, it was uh, 15 or 18 years. And finally God said, now, I want you to do this. Now, And what the Lord simply said to me was this. He said, there are so many different uh, books that have been written on the subject of the book of Revelation. He said, obviously not all of them can be right. And he said, until you have revelation knowledge to that, he said, leave it alone. He said, there's no sense you writing a book. There's no sense you having an opinion. Uh, he said, I've had all the opinions I can stand. He said, what I want is people to be able to take the truth. And, and so, I'll never forget, I had an Assembly of God brother one time uh, come to me. And, in fact, he had ministered in, in, in a church in Evansville and, and a good minister. And, and anyway... Uh, uh, I, I had said something about the book of Revelation, and anyway, it gravely upset him. And he came to me, and he started telling me this, and he started telling me that. And I said, Brother, I said, do you want to know something? I said, I'm not really all that sure, but I don't even think the book of Revelation is written in the order in which it's going to take place anyway, not altogether. And, and, and he looked at me, and he said, Oh, Brother, he said, that's, that's almost blasphemous. And I said, No, it's not. I said, Think about it. Think about it. You see, and God, and all, God has, uh, let's, let's understand something, brothers and sisters. We get to thinking we're so smart. Uh, brother, brother uh, Jackson said something back here. He said uh, when he came in tonight about sometimes we get to the place where we think we know so much and then we end up figuring we don't know anything. And do you know that's the kind of people that stay teachable? You have to be teachable. You have to understand something. God is always bringing fresh manna or revelation knowledge to us to move us on. And if we're going to get stuck back here with that stuff, we're going to be stuck back there with it. After all, after all, didn't, didn't the Sadducees, didn't the Sanhedrin, didn't they get stuck back there when it came to Messiah other than being blinded? Okay? But the fact of it is, we have to be open. We have to understand that there's, as God brings revelation knowledge to us, that's when we're going to move forward. The problem with revelation knowledge is not everybody is willing to receive revelation knowledge when it comes. Some are going to have to sit back and look at it. Others are going to sit back and never do anything about it at the same time. Revelation, sixth chapter, the first verse, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse... And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, you know, I've heard a lot of renditions about that, most of which believe that that's Christ, but that isn't, that isn't Mashiach. That is deception. You look, you look on further, you'll find out that what he came with, bless God, he had, you know, number one, uh, it, it isn't the way he came. He comes with a sword. He didn't come with a bow. He comes with many crowns. And, and bless God, and of course, for him to conquer and conquer him, well, he is the conqueror, all right? But the fact of it is, that was a horse that was sent forth, and it was a white horse, and that white horse is a horse of deception. Now, can we, or at least I can stand here tonight and say, yes, the church had been deceived. We have been deceived in a number of areas the problem is the church is so self-righteous within themselves. The church has gotten caught up in so much religion that, bless God, that probably, probably, unless they want to see, they will never see it. Just as we could say to the, to the, uh, the Catholics that, bless God, that there's more 
to what God has given us through revelation knowledge through the centuries than just being a Roman Catholic, all right? Now, and most of us can say a big amen to that. Well, that's the way revelation knowledge works. I'm sorry, but that's the way it works. That, it passes, it passes most of us up because most of us become religious. Most of us become legalistic within ourselves about things. And God doesn't want us to be either one. What God wants us to do is to be open and to be teachable and to be learning as He gives it to us. Now, somebody said something to me out in D.C. about, about um, seeking God. And I said, yeah, I can tell you how to do that. I can tell you real, real easy how to do that. You, you anoint your head, you wash your face, and I said, you fast about 40 days and 40 nights. And when you get done doing that, you'll understand a lot of things that you didn't understand, and you'll understand a lot of things that maybe you thought you understood weren't right. And then God can teach you some things. And they looked at me sort of funny and said, well, I, you know, I, and I said, you don't fast? Well, no, no, I don't believe we have to fast anymore. And I said, oh, I said, I believe the Lord Yeshua said that while he, you know, while he was with them, they didn't need to fast, but when he left, they would fast. So, so, you know, we, we look at these things and we begin, we begin to try to, to understand that when this seal, when this seal was, was brought forth and, and when it was broken, and that white horse came, deception came. Now, what did Yeshua say in 24, uh, it was 24-4, uh, when he said, let no man deceive you? Don't let anybody, don't let anybody deceive you. And yet, de- deception is something that the church believes, now listen, is far from the organized church. What the church believes, or the organized church believes, that deception comes from people like me, people like you, that bless God, that are not part of the, 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 the run of the, I shouldn't say run of the mill, but part of the organized or, or accepted uh, churches on the faces of earth or churches, however you want to put that. Now, in the, in the third verse it says, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword." Now, I remember, I remember when this seal was set loose. I remember it. It's been, it's been some uh, 18 years, 20 years ago. And I remember because I remember that's when the Lord God spoke to me and took me in the vision. And when he did, <clears throat> he said to me, he said, I have taken peace from this earth. He said, if you prophesy, son, in the holy place, you tell the people that, that never again will there be peace, not as the world knows peace. The only peace that there will be will be for those that have me, and then they will have that peace. But he said there will not be any peace. He said it's going to it's it's going to happen. The wars and the rumors of wars, all that we talk about and or study about, and and uh, again in Matthew 24, the bless God have taken place, and and of course thereafter those things begin to take place. There is no peace anywhere on the face of this earth. There's no peace. There's no peace here in the United States any longer. Our government has torn itself completely asunder and will keep biting and gouging and tearing until there isn't anything left of our government, not that there's a lot left anyway. But the fact of the matter of it is that we are in a place where, bless God, that there, that there is no peace. There isn't peace. People kill. How, how, what kind of peace is there when people strap a bomb on themselves and walk into an area and blow up innocent people? What kind of, what, there's something wrong. Now, has that always taken place? Maybe to some degree. I don't know. I, I, I don't know the history behind 
uh, the, the, the Muslims and, and the way that they have done that for centuries. But let me tell you something. That was not a normal thing throughout the world. Now, today it is. Now, somebody asked me, are we going to see that happen in the United States? Yes, we will see that. There will be these characters that, uh, you know, that will strap on the bombs and there will be going to be things. They would like to already be doing that here in the United States. But I'm going to tell you something. Our, uh, our Secret Service boys are, and girls are doing a lot better job than probably anybody's given them any credit for. We're foiling a lot of these things. But again, as I, as I said, there's a lot of these sleeper cells that are just that. They're out here secretly in place that we haven't yet discovered. And of course, we're trying now to make sure that we don't infringe upon them by listening in their, illegally into their telephone conversations. And, and now let me tell you something, folks. Again, we have gotten, we have gotten so, uh, how, I don't know exactly whatever the sole word ought to be, but anyway, we, we've got so silly about this thing that what we are doing is that we're worried about, we're worried about our own human rights or our own rights as individuals or citizens of the United States. And what they're trying to do is protect us because I'm going to tell you something. If this stuff takes place and when it takes place like it does, it's not, you're not going to be worrying about your individual rights. You're going to wish that somebody had to listen in on somebody's conversation and stop some of this stuff that's getting ready to happen. And it is going to happen. There's no way to get around that. So we saw, we saw this, we, we, we saw this horse and, and the unveiling of this stuff. You know, when you, when you begin to realize my Lord and my God, it's all at hand, and everybody's sitting back trying to argue one way or the other. Well, I don't think, well, I don't. You know something? It really doesn't make any difference. The Lord Yeshua is coming. This We are in the very last throes of all this taking place within our generation and our time. There isn't any use of worrying about arguing uh, doctrine and arguing this and arguing. My Lord and my God, we've got to prepare the people for what's coming. The people have to be ready for what is about to come on the face. And they're not. The church hasn't got, the church hasn't ready the people. What the church has done has lullabied the people to sleep with peace, peace, and everything's going to be fine. And the people like Decker don't pay attention to them because they're rah, 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 rah. But I'm going to tell you something. They're listening to the people like Deckard now, and I'll tell you why. The earthquakes and the hurricanes and the tornadoes and the, and the fires and the hail and, the, and all the stuff that, that's taken place with all that's taken place around the world and here in the United States. Now they're beginning. Now they don't want to say that God has anything to do with it, but bless God, they're starting to take attention to it. And I've said, I know I've stood everywhere I've gone in the holy place, and I've told the people. Two or three years ago, you couldn't, you could, I could go across the United States two or three years ago, and they, there wouldn't have been anybody show up. Now the rooms are filling up. The reason the rooms are filling up is because, bless God, there is something in the spirit realm, which is God Himself, that's speaking to the hearts of the people and saying, you better get ready, you better prepare, you better, there's more than what you've got, you better learn. And that's what God is saying with the Rahakodesh. And yet we, yet, yet we got all this going on, and I keep saying all this junk, all this junk going on. Let God be God. And that's what I keep saying. Let God be God. All the rest of it will take care of itself. Now, fifth verse, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard a, a third beast say, come and see. And, and I beheld a little black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, 
Uh, the, the interesting thing about this seal is the, the, the fact of it is back in those days, a, a penny for the wheat and, and three measures of barley, uh, bless God for a penny, was, was ridiculous. Food is getting to the place. Uh, now, there's no sense, girls, for me to go through this with you because you shop, all right? I'm not, I don't shop. I just listen to Donna gonna come home and tell me about it, all right? But, but when we were in Barbados, now, I'm going to tell you something about Barbados. Barbados is, it's not third world by any means. They, they are, they are trying, they're growing out of that, but there's still a lot of people in Barbados that don't have a lot of means for money, okay? They're, the classes are, are, are there's probably a, a lower middle class, and then the, the, the lower class, and then there's the upper class. I mean, there's people in Barbados that's worth millions of dollars, they have jet airplanes and helicopters and every yachts and everything else. And then there's the, the, the other end of it. Well, when you go into the grocery store, now their gasoline was $12 a gallon. Now, if you can imagine trying to fill up your car, you, you're talking about having a, driving a truck, uh, Sam, at $12 a gallon, we'd really be complaining. I mean, we're complaining now because it's too much, but they're paying $12 a gallon for that. We, we, we went in and looked at, Donna, how much of that little old turkey that weighed about, what, 8, 10 pounds? $175, Barbados money. Now, their money is, is, is twice what are, in other words, you just divide that in half for American. But that's still way too much money for a little old turkey. And so it goes on, it goes on, all their food's that way. Everything's that way. Well, how in the world does anybody, do you know what they get done? They get done working and buying food and gasoline. And that's what it's come to. Now, in America, we don't quite know it to be that way yet, except I'm hearing some of the seniors uh, begin to say the thing that I prophesied about 15 years ago, and it was very simply this. We're either going to have to not eat, or we're going to stay warm, or we're going to have, have medicine, but we can't have all three. And where's this taking us to? Well, I'm going to tell you where it's taking us to. It's going to take us to a point where a lot of people are going to, bless God, be dying before their time, because of that. Now, that's all part of what was within this. Now, and the, and the seventh verse says, And when he'd opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice say, Come and see, and behold, a, a pale horse. And his name that set on him was death, and hell followed after him, and power was given him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with a sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Now, uh, that, that's as far uh, when, in fact, uh, the, the tsunami came. The Lord spoke to me then and told me, he said, I've loosed that pale horse. And he said, now, not all of this obviously has been fulfilled, but it will be fulfilled. But he said that, that because you see, that the, the death of thousands and thousands of people that died. You know, in Barbados, when I, when I, I saw a tsunami, I saw it right there in the, in, in the Caribbean. I saw it come upon Barbados and some of the other islands down into Trinidad. I saw it. I saw Trinidad's going to be destroyed. Uh, most of Barbados won't, won't, will, no, won't, will be destroyed. Where's it all coming? It's coming to the fact, folks, that the judgment God has set upon this earth is formulated just as He administered under John the Revelator, as we call him, that wrote this, uh, this book by the, by the uh, guidance, obviously, of the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, is loosed upon this earth. So, so the, the, the key is to know that the what? That, that I've heard the, the hooves of the horsemen. 
I know, bless God, that, the, that these signs that we see and the things that are come to pass and are coming to pass, they're real. The day of the Lord is, is, is upon this earth, and, and, and no one can stop it. You know, these, these um, out, out, out in Baltimore, somebody came up and said, well, now, our little group, Brother Deckard, is praying that we hold back this plague. And I said, well, you pray till the cows come home, but it's not going to hold back the plague. You're not going to hold back this judgment from God. Now, I said, you may be able to stall it some with intercession. I don't know that. I don't, I don't know that that's possible because I'm not going to be, I'm not into that, but you're not going to stop it altogether because it's going to come. Why? Because, if you will, the die has been set. Bless God, the time has come. Now we are about to reap everything that the prophets screamed about for generation after generation and after generation, which is real simple. Repent you, repent you. Come out of your sin. And bless God, the church wouldn't have anything to do with it. Why? Because the church was too busy, bless God, peace, peace. The church was too busy trying to get your money. The church was too busy trying to trying to get step one, two, three, and four on how you could become a millionaire, and none of it worked. You remember when those preachers across the country wrote the books about how it was, and they had it all figured out, and you did this, and you gave this much, and you give that much, and you do it this way, and you do it that way, and give us some scriptures, and it worked for the preachers, but it never worked for any of us. Now, what does that tell us? It tells us the same thing that the prophets kept saying. It's a bunch of baloney. We have to get about the Father's business. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you something. Isn't it just like us here in America to be money hungry? Now, money's not evil. The love of it, the Bible says, is. Now, now, what do you suppose the church is doing worrying about collecting money? Why would they be concerned about it? Well, like I said, you, you watch on TV and, and you, if you watch any of them documentaries now that, that, that some of them are doing, you'll see because you know what they're doing? They're coming down now, and they're beginning to say, what's going on with this, this, this multi-million dollar organization called the church over here? Where do they get their money? What do they do with the money, and where's it going to? Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I first got into the ministry 30 years ago, I remember asking a, a man that was on the inside of the charismatic movement, a man that had traveled with Ken Copeland, a man that had lived in, or not lived, but had slept in Oral Roberts' home, had been with, uh, with uh, the Osteens, and, and bless God, a, a man of God. And, 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 and I had pondered this question for quite some time, and then this brother came into my life, and I asked him the question. I said, who in the charismatic movement, when somebody gets out of hand, and I just used one of their names, I said, who is it that goes to them and says, that's wrong, get yourself back in line, and stop it. And he looked at me and he grinned. He said, you, you got the right idea. I said, what do you mean I got the right idea? He said, let me tell you how it works. He said, when such and such decides to do something, some boneheaded thing, then the rest of them just get a check for a million dollars and they shut their mouths. Now listen to me. I'm not telling you a fairy tale here. I'm talking to you about people that know. And I said, so there isn't anybody. He said, no. And I said, well, then it makes sense. What I began to prophesy to the people was truth. And what I was prophesying was just this. If we do not police ourselves, the world will. Now, what's going on right now? 20, 20, 60 minutes. They're beginning to look into some of these big-time televangelists. And I'm going to tell you something. It began to look pretty muddy to me. 
But you know what I even further <laughs> amazes me? This one guy they, they, they exposed. He says he has a healing ministry. They can't find anybody ever been healed. Ever! Ask him to give him proof. He couldn't. Followed the guy around. He went somewhere and he stayed in a $30,000 a night penthouse when he was traveling in the ministry. And people, now this has been on national television, and people are still sending that guy money. Now, folks, what's wrong with that picture? What's wrong with us? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. You You know what a robot is? We're just robots. We just do what we're told. We don't question anything. We just go do it. And bless God, it's time that we do more than that. It's time we begin to, we begin to stand up and understand. All the things that the old, the old prophets wrote about is, is now coming to place and it's doing it in this generation. And bless God, this generation doesn't like that. We don't like it. See, we don't like the fact that we're the, we're the ones in, on whom the ends are written. Upon whom the ends are written. We don't like that. But the fact of it is, we can't do anything about that. God chose that. God chose you and I to be here. And it's like I said, uh, I was pushed back over on the side for so many years that I just figured that all I was ever going to get to do was just to do that, which was just fine with me after I got in the third world. Let's go to, let's go to, to Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah 22. Dear God in heaven, we're going to use one verse here as the 13th verse. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness, and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages, and giveth him not for his work. Now, just exactly what do you think that is? Woe to him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness, and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages, and giveth him not for his work. A lot of what we have going on today in the church world is volunteer labor. Volunteer labor. Is there anything wrong with that? No. There's nothing wrong with that. But, the, but the, it's the motive of the heart. Now, I used to do a, a piece of ministry that was called the motive of the heart. What, what, you know, the, and we, all have to, we all have to judge ourselves, and we all need to get in a position where we begin to look at our own motives toward why am I doing this? In my case, why am I why am I ministering? Why why am I traveling the United States of America right now? Am I doing that because I want to be well known minister? Well, I'm going to tell you something. When I was 30 years old, probably that could have gotten away. At 60, there's no way for it to get in the way because two things: one, it's not easy on my my carnal body. Number two, I'm just not real interested in all the hoop de law, and that's about all that goes on is hoop de law. Now, does God, does God have a plan? Well, of course God's always got a plan. The problem with us as humans, we don't like to just jump into the things of God and the plan of God. Why? Because we have got to think about it. Now, let me, let me tell you this story. Now, brother uh, and I sat down and spent about two hours, not while I was out in the East Coast, it was somewhere else. We spent about two hours and we were discussing Messianic Judaism. And we were discussing the parts in which we, I play in it, that the, the church plays in it, and whoever wants to play in it, I guess. And anyway, when we got, when we got down the road, ways in it, he looked at me and he said, well, brother, he said, you know, he said, I, I just can't, you know, I can't, I can't grasp onto that like that. 
And he said, I just, you know, for me and mine, he said, that just won't work. And I said, well, that's fine. I didn't try to sell you something here. You wanted to have a discussion, and we're having one. And all of a sudden, I looked at him, and I said, I said this, and I said, but I said this, but the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost, I said, and I bet you had trouble receiving the Holy Ghost, didn't you, brother? And he looked at me, and he looked down at the floor, and he looked back up, and he said, yeah, I did. I said, well, then you're going to have, you're having trouble with this too, but let me tell you something. Yield yourself. Let the Spirit of God, see, it's the Spirit of God leading us. You know what beats us out of the things of God? This thing that's sitting on top of all of our shoulders right here. That's what beats us out of the things of God because we want to think that we somehow have to think it out. And let me tell you something. You can't think out. You can't, you can, you, there was things that happened out in the East Coast and they were standing there and I let them, I, you know, I do, just like I do here, I let them come watch your miracles. I said, you come watch these miracles. You've never seen God do miracles? Just come on and watch these miracles happen. Had a man there that was that, that had a stroke and his whole right side was paralyzed, and he hadn't been able to move his right side for for years. And bless God, he was lifting his leg, lifting his arm, and and, and bless God, they're doing carrying all all this. And people just ask this: This will not let that happen. This will not let it happen because this has to reason it out and be reasonable. The man had been paralyzed with a stroke, a stroke all these years. Now, what could cause all that to take place? Well, I'll tell you what causes that all to take place. It's to the glory of God, the power, the Rahakodesh. It's by the Holy Ghost. It's by the supernatural. It takes place and it, and it works within all that. And that's, and that's what, and that's what it is, and that's what it's all about. Now, let, let's look, if you will, in, in 23 of Jeremiah, 16th uh, verse. 23:16. He says here, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets, and prophet, that prophesy unto you, that make, that, that, that make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart, and not out of the mouth of the Lord. Now, I want to stop there for a minute, because that that's that's the place that's the place where I I have a real uh, concern right now. I have a real concern. Uh, there there are so many voices. There's so many people saying no. Uh, Christ is this way. No Christ is this way. No Christ is that way. And what I see in all these voices, and again, I I, I think I go back. I think I I go back to the place of who governs. Who, who is it that's in, in charge? Somewhere, somehow, uh, somebody is going to, this thing's going to get in a place like it was, if you will, in the book of Acts, where the apostles actually was running the show. And I think that what's going to have to happen, if we're ever going to get anywhere, we're going to have to be able to get some men that we believe that we can trust, and I believe that we're going to have to submit ourselves, and I believe that we're going to have to trust them, and I believe then the blessed God that is doing that, I think then we can straighten some of this thing, this out. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. There are so many words. You know the first thing that I keep telling these people everywhere I'm going? If all that you're setting under that's call themselves a prophet is a word of knowledge, then probably it's not a prophet. Okay? Probably it's, that's, that's part of it, but it's not all of it. And by no means, if that's the main thrust of that, 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 that ministry, you want to be careful about it. Now, I'm going to, can't tell you, well, God couldn't do that because God can do anything. But, but bless God, you see, we, we tend to believe. 
And then we got these characters that are going on, and, and I loved it. I mean, people bringing me these lists of things that these guys are on TV, and I can name the names, but I'm not going to, that, 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 that our national, the prominent national ministers have said, now this is a prophet of God, that are prophesying, and these things aren't coming to pass. There are people smart enough to make lists, smart enough to write down what they said was going to happen in the year, uh, in the year uh, 2005 that didn't, didn't happen. Now, what, where are we at with all that? Well, I'll tell you where we're at with all that. We're no place with it. People need to quit supporting that kind of stuff. They need to quit listening to that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what, these people that get out here and bless God that chase out after everything, I, I, told, I told that one brother, I said, I'm going to tell you something. The, the danger in what, what you're doing is you've got people chasing after every, every person that comes down the pike. And I said, not all them people are of God. I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I, some of those, some of those things just aren't a God. And it's not my place, and thank God it's not. But that, you see, that, that they, they speak a vision of their own heart. And you can do that. You can speak a vision of your own heart. Now, 17. They say still unto them that despise me. They say still unto them that despise me. The Lord has said, Ye shall have peace, and they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. Now, isn't that very, very close to what the church, what the church has, has, has said? And, and, and I don't know about right now. You know, I, I, I don't know about right now. I, th- I think there's a lot of the church sitting back and now are just kind of closing their lips up. That said before, that no evil is going to come near us. This is the United States of America. We're the greatest nation on the face of this earth. And bless God that we, we, you know, we help all these other nations. And, and God's blessing us and going to continue to bless us. And there is no evil going to come, come against us. You go down there, in the, down there in the Gulf around New Orleans and you'd think you were in the third world. Or you could have back a few weeks. I don't know about now. Now... Where does that again leave us? It leaves us evidently that there's going to be uh, some people that are going to be saying one thing as to the things that God said. Now look, 18. For who has stood in counsel of the Lord and have perceived and heard his word? That's a question. Who has marked his word and heard it? Question. Behold, a whirlwind of God has gone forth in fury. Even a grievous whirlwind, it shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed Till he hath performed the thoughts of his heart, in the latter days you consider it perfectly. Now that's us, isn't it? Now what's he saying? In the latter days we're going to understand. We're going to understand this thing about peace, peace. We're going to understand about this thing about God not bringing any evil, letting any evil come upon us. We're going to understand that there's going to be a whirlwind and it's going to fall upon our heads. The anger of the Lord shall not return. It, it shall not turn back. Until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. That's judgment. But he says in the last days we're going to under, consider it perfectly. 21. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil ways and from the evil of their doings. Now... When you, when you understand one thing about a prophet, a prophet is going to beat on sin. 
We beat on sin all the time. People say, well, what do you think the problem is? It's sin. What do you think people can't perform, can't, can't work in the works of God and see miracles? It's sin. It's just that you get the sin out of your life, God can use you. you get, with it in your life, God's never going to use you. And if He does, it's going to be to a very small degree or to where, where He just wants something done so bad, He's going to use you to get it done. Okay? But the fact of it is, and, 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 and you'll now get around prophets that don't, don't beat on sin. Because that's what it's all about. Repent you, repent you. Come out of the sin. Come out of it. Come out of it. And the Lord God will do what? He'll, he'll bless God. He'll heal your land. He'll put you back in a high place. Now it goes on to say here uh, in 23, I, uh, I, Am I a God at hand, uh, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Saith the Lord, Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Now, he says, 25, I have heard what the prophets said, that prophesied lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of deceit of their own heart. Now, you know, that's interesting, because I'm going to tell you something, and I, and I believe this. I believe that the, the, the people that do that stuff, I believe that they truly believe that, 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 that God has dealt with them. God has visited them. God has shown them. I, I think one of the things that, that, that I have never seemingly been able to get across is that there are, there are manners and means in which darkness operates, that we're uh, told openly that a, that a spirit of uh, darkness can come as an angel of light to us. Now, if, if we know that, then, then we have to understand then that we could be coerced, if you will, into believing that they are telling us, go this way, go this way, go this way. And somebody's standing and saying, well, thus saith the mouth of God, we're to go this way. Now, can darkness do that? Yes, darkness can do that. Now, I, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to go back to what I, I say about me, and I can only talk about me because the rest of it just doesn't work, okay? But I can talk about me, and when I do that, I know I, I, with me, if it's not an open vision, if that vision isn't open, then bless God, I don't know exactly how else to, how else to, to, uh, to I don't want to deal with it any other way. In other words, I won't stand and prophesy if, in fact, I don't have an open vision. If I have an open vision, I'm going to prophesy because those are the things that have worked for me for 30 years. I've not seen any of those open visions ever not work out, or I've worked out enough of them that the ones that haven't, I'm assured that will. So, so that, that eliminates one thing for me. But now, now can God give me, or I'm, no, I'm sorry, can the powers of darkness get into an open vision? They haven't to this point in time that I know of, all right? Uh, I, I assume that, yes, it could. But let me go back and, and talk to you a few minutes about how God brought me with the open visions. Years ago, when it started, even from the time I was a, was a, a, a small lad, I would have visions and I would see things. And I'd tell my mom and, and they would happen right there in that little town that we were in. As I got older and, and then I ran from God and then, then bless God, I... I decided that wasn't going to work out, and so I succumbed to the call of the ministry. And when I got into the ministry, or when I started to be trained for the ministry, I'm sorry, 
Then the Lord God began to deal with me, and here's the way it would work. He would wake me in the early morning hours. And, 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 and He would wake me, and the way I know that He was in the room with me was the Spirit of God would run like electricity from the, my head right out the bottom of my feet, and then it would pause, and it would start again. And I would lay there and think I was about to die, but it was the most wonderful feeling that there's ever been in this world. And then, all of a sudden, the room would light up and the Lord would say to me, What do you see? And I would say, Well, Lord, I see this and I see this. And all of a sudden, it just bang, It was over. And so, finally, I got to figuring it out that when I told God correctly, the vision went on. But when I told God incorrectly what I thought I was seeing in comparison to what He was showing me, the vision was over. It stopped. Now, this went on for some seven, eight years of my life, folks. It didn't, this didn't just, see, that, 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 this is the thing that really, really cornballs me up with these characters running around here and all this stuff happening to them. Why did I have to go through that, that many years to learn to understand the open visions? And these eggheads are running around here saying, well, Brother Deckard, God just spoke to me when I was driving down the road and all this is going to happen. Now, can God do that? Yes, He can. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. He can do that. But what I'm trying to say we need to eliminate is this thing of where darkness comes in and it infiltrates, all right? It infiltrates. I don't think, I, 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 again, through the years, I have not had any infiltration into these, into these visions or, or something would have been wrong. Something would have had to have been wrong. So I stick with that. I, you know, I, like I said, it makes me real uncomfortable to think, when God speaks to me, uh, when I'm ministering and says to me, you need to do this, you need to do that, I'm very uncomfortable about that stuff. Donna, Donna can tell you, I, I, I'm just not comfortable with it. But when the vision comes, I'm comfortable with that because I trust that because that's the way I was brought, was through, through these open visions. So I believe that the other can be played with. I, I think this thing of that small... Uh, Still voice. I think that can be honed down, and I think it can be, it can become a skill, and and I believe you, it can be, it, it works. Now, do I think that works a hundred times, hundred percent? I doubt it. Okay, I'm not saying I, I doubt it. I, I think people that work that way will tell you the same thing I've said over and over again. The the line between the spirit world and your mind is a very fine line, and I believe you can cross over and back across and over and back across number of times. I believe that. So, so, so I, I, I'm believing that somehow that we're entering into a time when God is going to, is going to let us straighten out some of the mess we've got because folks, we can't be going all these different directions. Not all these directions can be God. We're going to have to get on the same page. We're going to start to have to head the same. Why? Because in the book of Acts, they were in one accord. That's what caused Pentecost to happen. Not that it wasn't going to happen because the Holy Ghost, the Rahakadish, was sent back to earth. But in order for the manifestation that to come, we read there they were in one accord. That's what I'm seeing. See, that, that, that's the reason I'm saying if we can, even with this, with our group, if we can bring our group together and bring our group into one accord, we're going to see some mighty, 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 fantastic, supernatural things happen 
because we are together. You can't be together when somebody's out here, bless God, well now, bless God, I believe Brother Deckard here and I believe Brother Deckard is wrong over there. I'm going to tell you something. Brother Deckard has never claimed to be 100% right about anything. Brother Deckard's trying to be led by the Rahakadish. And I'm here to tell you that's not an easy thing to do. And I don't care whether you're a prophet, a teacher, a pastor, evangelist, or an apostle, or you're a congregation member. It's not easy to do. But it can be done. But the fact of it is, we have to work in one accord. And, and when you get out of, when you get out of sync like that, what happens? You're divided. When you're divided, it's going to fall. It can't stand. That's the reason I said I, I'm just not I'm just not interested. I've I've been this thing too many years. I, I've seen too much, and I guess I'm just too uh, calloused, if you will, about some of it. Let's let's go to uh, let's go to uh, uh, Jeremiah 26, the 12th and 13th verse here. I think is going to do 26. Pages are sticking together. That's about right. 26, 12 and 13. Then spake Jeremiah to all the princes and to all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that ye have heard. Therefore now amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he has pronounced against you. Now, I think it's important to understand that, that bless God, that, that we went through a period of time that I believe that God was trying to warn us. And I believe that I believe he was. And I believe that in, in him trying to warn us, I think what happened was we had a lot of people stand up and say, no, I'm a prophet, you listen here, you don't need to listen there. And we read beforehand of exactly what most of that was. It was peace, peace, and God doesn't do these things, and God's not evil, or let evil come upon us, or, or he doesn't bring judgment. God's a good God. You know, he, he's into, he's into those things. Now, when you begin to understand that, that, that where God has brought us from and where we're going to, then we have come out of a great time of confusion. A great time of confusion. And, 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 and we've been confused about the things of the Spirit. We've been lied to about the operation of the church. We've been lied to about a lot of the, the things of, of the covenant that God produced. We, we're running around here trying to understand who we are and why we are and who we belong to and why do we belong to this when we, maybe we would like to belong to that. But the thing of it is, and like I keep saying, just take a good, long, deep breath and sit back and listen to the prophets. We'll get the thing straightened out if you're willing to listen. If you won't listen and you're not teachable, you're not going to learn anything. But I am here to absolutely tell you one thing for a fact. Church is changing. And it is going to change without us or with us. That's up to us. We can sit back and bless God, know it all, and say a know-all. Is the Catholic Church still in business today? They were the first know-it-alls, you know. They knew it all, and they're still in business, and the Pope's still the Pope, and bless God and everything else that he's about to be. Did that keep God from bringing forth everything else? Not, not one iota did it keep him from it. And it's not going to keep him from it in these days. Let's go to Jeremiah, the 30th chapter. Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah 30, uh, 22. And hast given them this lamb which thou didst swear to thy fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. And they came in and possessed it. 
but they obeyed not thy voice, neither walked in thy law, that they have done nothing of all of all that thou commandest them to do, therefore thou hast caused all this evil to come upon them. Now, why did it come upon them? They were disobedient to God. Now, that, now I'm going to tell you something. That is not an old message, all right? Uh, that, that message is a message that blessed God that was used and is used throughout uh, uh, the, 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 the time. We do well until we, we, we disobey God. Now, one of the questions that I pose to the church is simply this. We have not done well in the church. We definitely don't look like the book of Acts any longer. And if anybody thinks we do, we'll shame on them. You know, and I think again, I, I, you know, I, I think again because of the demonstration that God has let people like me do, especially across in America, I think the demonstration of the power of the Rahakodesh is making people stop and, and at least consider the fact that, yeah, we don't have this in every service in our churches, but they should be. They should be having it in every service of the churches. But the fact of it is, as we challenge them, we, we begin to, to see, bless God, that, and my, my is real clear. Well, let's, if you're, let's see the power. Let's say if you're right, then come, come, What's a leg grow, a blind eye open, a deaf ear pop out, something. But don't just, don't just come, don't just come. See, do you remember when they kept, they, they kept coming and saying, give us a sign? Remember even the disciples come to Christ and said, uh, Jesus, give us a sign to that. And, and, and to, as far as I'm concerned, that is what this is, what I'm doing across America, is I'm bringing a sign to America. I'm preaching the message and I'm saying, now bring the sick. Here is the, here, the words come, and, 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 and now God is going to do what? Confirm His Word with these signs that are about to follow it. And that's what I believe that God's got me doing. Now, 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 bless God, now not everybody's going to agree with that, obviously. But the fact of it is, it really doesn't matter, does it? Because God's not up for vote. Let's go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, the 13th chapter, 41st verse, I'm uh, 40th verse, I'm sorry. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall know in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Now, boy, that's quite a statement, isn't it? There's going to be a work that's going to be worked that in no wise you're not going to, they're not going to believe, though a man's going to declare it to him. Well, the prophets are declaring it right now, okay? Uh, and, and the fact of it is, they're going to see it, but they're not, they're, not going to, they're not going to believe it. Why aren't they going to believe it? Because they are caught up and they're being destroyed by religion. Religion is, is a cancer. And once that any of us get into a position that we get to believe in that, bless God, that all this stuff works, and we can do as we want to do, and, and what worked last generation is going to work this generation, you're, you've already lost. Because you see, with God, He's moving us forward. God has never, God has never quit moving us forward. He's trying to move us forward now, and what we got is, we got a lot of those, that old wine and old wineskins sitting back saying, we got all the answers, we got all the answers. Well, there was a generation behind you that had all the answers, and a generation on back behind there that had all the answers. They thought they had all the answers when Martin Luther uh, brought forth the revelation that God gave him. They had all the answers. 
Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm.